Let me tell you what Bruin is. The perfect session, IPA, sleek can, groundswell hops, spit and bitterness in your face. Do a little lip action, a 360 without a bounce. I call it a liquid Drano. Want to be Bullwinkle? I tell you no lie, my friends. It's a palate cleanser. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. And welcome back. This is our 188th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we begin our look at extreme flops, meaning extreme sports flops, with 1993's rollerblading classic, Airborne. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and I will be your host for this evening. Along with me tonight for this race down Devil's Backbone are Blaine's sportsmanship coach, Chumpzilla. Do you think I give two left testicles about this movie, your school, or your hockey game? Hey, chill, brah. And we've got the moon doggy himself, Bling Blake. Bling Blake, at your service. I am from around here. What to tell? Don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Don't care. As long as I live near a brewery, don't have to wear a tie, then I'll be styling. <laughs> oh, this movie is so fucking good. So, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And Wabam Entertainment can be found at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. Airborne, shamefully, is only available to rent through Google or YouTube, and Google owns YouTube, so basically the same thing, for $3.99. But guess what, folks? You can buy it for $19.99, which I did. Who has two thumbs and bought Airborne on YouTube TV? <laughs> this guy. And it did not translate to my movies anywhere, which screwed the rest of the pot. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy anything on YouTube movies, it might as well be Airborne. I am now concerned about the list that I may or may not be on. Listen, come on. This is not that bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's quintessential 90s cinema. Uh, It's fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk beer. Uh, Tonight we're drinking Pizza Port's Ponto Session IPA. Pizza Port is a San Diego pizza company that also is a brewery. Ponto pays homage to the southernmost beach and surf spot in Carlsbad, Features a lighter body, hoppy beer burst with flavors of citrus and tropical fruits, and carries a Captain Cash super non-approved 4.5% ABV. And I'm the only one who could get this because uh, Pizza Port is mostly Southwestern available. It's a typical session IPA. It's, it's very drinkable. It's light. Uh, if you're not a huge fan of IPAs, but you sort of like the flavor, then you probably like session IPAs. So I'd give this three bad movies. I mean, is that not the point of a session IPA? You could stretch it out over three movies, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, if you drink shit beer like Bud Light or something, and no offense if, if you like Bud Light, but, you know, Bud Light's a 4.2 and it's a lot cheaper than this, but like this has a lot more flavor. So if you're drinking beer because you enjoy beer, not because you want to drink 16 of them, <laughs> this would be this would be your go to. Hey, we all define session differently, right? I'm going out for a few beers means I'm going to smash a case. Also, I mean, like perfect pairing because this this guy immediately talks about sessions and the waves. He is a surfer. They're surfing people on the can. Look, I'm not trying to say anything negative about Pizza Port. I'm sure they are a fine establishment that makes wonderful beers. But I want it to be known that I'm drinking and potting tonight in protest that we do not have a Cincinnati brewery on the pod tonight. I mean, I, I, Christian Moraline, Ryan Geist. I, uh, I am enjoying a mad tree this evening, uh, which, which is a local Cincinnati brewery. But uh, Pizza Port, I'm sure you're great. I'd love to get my hands on uh, your 
Ponto session IPA sometime when I go surfing in San Diego next. Exacto Mundo. So <laughs> let's get to Airborne because it was directed by Rob Bowman, who's done a ton of TV work, including Quantum Leap, one of my all-time favorite shows, whoop, The X-Files, one of Chumzilla's all-time favorite shows, Booker hey. and 21 Jump Street, to name a few. And thankfully, uh, uh, this can't even be considered his worst movie because he also did Electra. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He also did Reign of Fire, where McConaughey fights Oh, oh I like that one! That's, that's, that's the dragon movie with McConaughey and Bale, right? Yeah, right, post-apocalyptic yeah. future dragon fighting. It's dope. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that's, like, that's kind of a cult classic. And I got to tell you, like, this movie is, it's a bad uh, movie. But it's, the directing is not what's wrong with this movie. It's the cheesy uh, 90s script. I, There's I think, some rollerblading scenes in here that are fantastic. I mean, that's Team Rollerblade coming at you. It's uh, awesome. I, you know, I think this is like a teen movie that came like in that awkward period between the 80s and the 90s. Like you it, it didn't shut it, your mouth. No, I'm just saying it didn't like quite capitalize on the 80s cheese. And it wasn't edgy enough to truly be a 90s teen movie. It was in a weird spot. But you're, to your point, T-Dubs, I don't think the directing was the problem. No, it's 100% the script. Yeah. 100%. And we're yeah, going to get to that. Uh, so this movie stars Shane, All My Children, McDermott as Mitchell Goosen. We've got Seth Scott Evil Green as Wiley. Can we just talk about Seth Green's hair in this? No, it is very 90s. It, it's I very mean, 90s. Kind, I mean, kind of, but it's like also comically bad. It is Granted, very Prince Valiant. <laughs> he has the like, same haircut as Claire Danes from My So Called Life, but <laughs> it is what it is. Andor, Andor, uh, He Man, Lord right? Farquaat, Lord Farquaat, yeah, Lord Farquaat. Yeah. A little bit of that, a little bit of Prince Valiant. Definitely giving off some uh, Daria vibes a few times with the hat com- combination. Because um, his hair is very well coiffed throughout the film. He has like, good body got, and shine. It's got some good volume. Yeah, yeah that's, Extremely. that's brought to you by White Rain. In fact, there's a, a, a woman who lusts after Mitchell Goosen who has the same haircut as him. <laughs> the same haircut. But is, is, that, is that the chick from Waiting? No, no. That, oh, that's... Okay. It's uh, Jack's girlfriend's also, friend. Oh, yeah. oh but she's yeah. She's also yeah. in this. Yeah, uh, anyway. So anyways, so Brittany, Shades fan, Powell, as Nikki... Um, Shades fan, meaning she was in that thing you do, and her character name in IMDb is just Shades fan. She really liked, uh, I believe that was the drummer. The drummer, yeah. 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 So she was just Shades fan. We've got Chris Dead Johnny Cage Conrad. Welcome back. Yes, he's the Johnny Cage who Shao Kahn murders in Mortal Kombat Annihilation (laughs) as Jack. You've got Edie. You shouldn't throw anybody with your bad knee, Ed. McClung is Aunt Irene. Mm-hmm. You've got Patrick, Mr. Dewey, Thomas O'Brien as Uncle Lewis, and Jack Shallow Hal Black as Augie. Well, I, I love. I, I have to give this movie some credit. I do enjoy Jack Black as the goon. I was happy to see him. I, yeah. I'd forgotten. I've seen this movie a, a bajillion times. I'd forgotten he was in it. Yeah, he, he he acts quite well. He's he's great in this movie. Yeah, he's got talent. And honestly, it's not at all surprising he was the big star from the movie, amongst other people, because all Completely the players in this movie are better than the stars in the movie. Blaine did yeah. jack shit after this. Yeah, surprise you, <laughs> but I do have a question about that in the quiz, so we'll get to it. So. I should say this film is a bit of a 90s cult classic. I may be biased, but it is remembered very fondly in the Ohio area because it is very Cincinnati-centric. Um, it only grossed $2.9 million on a budget of $2.6 million, but it was only released not, in uh, 982 hey, theaters. So. Well, hold on, T-Dubs. I'm going to be honest here. That's not that bad for that small of a movie. No, I, no gu- I, I guarantee you they didn't market it all that much. And this movie was on cable constantly. Yeah. Uh, so it probably did okay technically, but it's still a flop. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes with 14 reviews. It's got a Metacritic of 28, but 94% of Google users like it. And I cherry picked that because the other user scores were not that high. But yeah. 
go Google. Maybe uh, it's because it's the only place you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one that matters then. I'm trying to think here. Where was Seth Green at at this point in his career? Nowhere. Is, th- yeah, is this the very is this, beginning? Is this before? Uh, oh, this is way before Idle Hands. This is at least three years before Idle Hands. Okay, or two, yeah, so, two or three years. So yeah. So he he is still firmly the uh, rallies cha-ching guy at this point. Yeah, he has not been Scott Evil yet. He has done. Not no. a whole lot. The yeah. rallies commercials. Hey, fun fact, listeners. Here's a, an artifact of the early 90s. Seth Green was actually one of the first, in my opinion, viral celebrities. He was the cha-ching guy from a series of rallies and or checkers commercials, depending on where you live. And before Marilyn Manson had ribs removed so he could blow himself, the cha-ching guy bought himself a Lamborghini with all his money and died in Hollywood. Like that was a playground rumor back in the day. So there's some Ohio, uh, you know, straight, straight facts, brother. Wait a minute here. I thought Marilyn Manson was Paul from the wonder years. Yeah. Yeah. That came later. First he had <laughs> ribs removed so he could blow himself. Uh, but, bef- but before that on the playgrounds, the Tachin guy, he made a million dollars from those commercials. And he bought a Ferrari. And he crashed it and died. Now, here's what's kind of funny. What, what do Seth they call Green that? The they time. call that a, a Mandela effect, right? Or some, Well, uh, the Mandela's effect when you remember something wrong. Yes, but remember the Dell guy and everybody didn't know what happened to the Dell guy? Oh, dude, you're getting a Dell. Yeah, it turns out he'd like bought an apartment in New York and then 9-11 happened. No shit. And it he was died. like he died. No, in he, did, he did not die. He was I, there, and it like shell shocked the hell out of him. I just thought it was meth. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. But back to this movie because we got to do our one sentence description. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Chumpsilla, how would you describe uh, Airborne in one sentence? Well, I would just say this is the '90s movie that I remember the least. But oh yeah, Seth Green was in it. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, that sort of can't hardly wait, but <laughs> sure. Uh, Bling Blake. WKR Extreme in Cincinnati. Yeah. So I would just say I yearn for the days where the most masculine thing you could do is challenge a person to a no rules rollerblading downhill race for all the marbles. Was that a thing ever? I wish. I I hope. Obviously, you are not from Cincinnati like I am, where we often raised Devil's Backbone. Never mind that it's in multiple parts of the city, both on the north and south side of the river. Uh, but that's fine. Devil's Backbone. We did it all the time. You don't even know. Well, Devil's Map Quest, you know. <laughs> all right. Sure. Then you got to take a bus here. Then you got to go down here. I mean, yeah. Like Rome, Cincinnati is built on seven hills. Uh, they're just that not, is correct. They're just not all connected for a 45 minute downhill yeah. race. I, I I can't wait till we talk about the downhill race. But the actual plot of this movie is California born and raised surfer Mitchell Goosen has to spend six months in Ohio while learning the hard way. Love is where the heart is. Um, first of all, <laughs> a, a few beefs with this movie. I, One, hold, hold on. I just like to point out that they, they basically frame time spent in ohio as a prison sentence he must spend six months in ohio i mean the dude was growing up in like santa monica it is sort of a prison sentence if you think about it that's a little harsh that's a little harsh i mean again i i grew up where this movie takes place i did my high school years in cincinnati and if you asked me to pick between doing that all over again and doing it in California on the ocean where I can skate to go surfing. I'm, I'm definitely choosing the latter. Like I loved my upbringing. I love Ohio. I love Cincinnati, but no, I'm going to go to California. I mean, it's California. You know. Yeah. It's not a hard choice. So let's get Dr. Blake. I'm very disappointed in that response. <clears throat> you can believe that all you want, yeah. but I'm the one with the ponytail right now. Yeah, true. Well, that makes sense. I mean, he's ready to <laughs> shred some gnar. Uh, Let's get into the plot. I didn't even write a plot because I've seen this movie like a hundred times. Oh my God. So just follow with me. And if you've got questions, feel free. 
you got comments, feel free because this movie is so damn good. I just have one question, T Dubs. Yes. Why does Dr. Bling hate Ohio? I mean, That's, don't we don't we all hate Ohio in a way? I mean, not, I know Ohio's a I, I know Ohio's a punchline, but like it builds character, you know? It does. It, it hardens you against hey, listen, the more harsh realities of the world. Wind sprints build character too, but they're not any fun. Ah, that's so, fair. so all right so here's the plot mitchell goosen is a california kid who loves to surf turns out his professor parents are moving to australia but they can't take him for reasons so he has to move that, that, to ohio that seems that that seems real negligent just right off the bat like, let's face I, the it, facts here they're going to australia to do research and have some righteous <laughs> sex so fuck yeah uh-huh it's their chance to, to finally split, flip positions, you know. They want no part of Mitchell top. Goose. They want no part yeah. of their son. Hey, yeah. hey, he, we he, can't take you out of school to go study wallabies for six months. So we're going to take you out of school and put you into school in Walnut Hills, Cincinnati. It's not a good school. Yeah. Forget paradise. <laughs> You're going to Ohio. So Mitchell reluctantly moves to Ohio in the dead of winter, brings his surfboard, of course, but no jacket. It's only winter for a few days. The, yeah. the most accurate yeah. part of this movie is how yeah. the weather changes in Ohio. I, I, I do enjoy the fact that the they they appear to frame Ohio as Minnesota. It's like, and it's a frozen tundra. Wait, like, it's, sometimes it's, it's 35 cold, degrees right? and slushy. Tops. So Mitchell gets there. He meets with his Aunt Irene and his Uncle Lewis and his cousin Wiley. And then he has to adjust to... The good old Midwestern high school setting. And it doesn't go well for Mitchell because you know what? People don't say brah in Ohio. Probably now they do, but not then. And so they don't like Mitchell. Turns out there's only four players on the hockey team. So one of one, when two of them get suspended, they need Wiley to play. Wiley can't play despite his dad driving a Zamboni. And when he gets hurt, they call in Mitchell who scores an own goal, which would get you murdered in Columbia, but not Ohio. It just gets you tortured for the rest of your natural life. I mean, that that kind of checks out. I mean, Ohio is pretty brutal. Yeah. They play pranks on Mitchell, putting sand in his locker, stealing his clothes while he's in the shower, uh, gluing Wiley's face to his locker, etc., and so on. Mitchell is miserable. Until his parents somehow send him his rollerblades. I guess they took those to Australia. <laughs> But not Mitchell. Yeah. So the day we're like, oh, we we accidentally put these rollerblades into our suitcase. I did, do you know how oh, big rollerblades oops. are? Sorry, we took your shoes. Especially 90s rollerblades. Yeah, Those are clunky as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the big rubber Dude, break off the back. If only McCheese were here to talk about his K2 fatties from when he was a, when he was a skater. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're missing out. Yeah. So... He gets his rollerblades back and that gives him his confidence back and he goes skating and then he he winds up running into a girl he met at the hockey game before he blew it. Nikki. He doesn't know yet, but Nikki is Jack's sister. And they wind up going on their first date to the botanical garden because why not? It's not the botanical garden. It's the Crone Conservatory and the Butterfly Pavilion is by far the number one first date night to go on in Cincinnati. Okay, I feel oh. like that is the number one place for uh, people losing their virginity to this day in Cincinnati because and of this film. <laughs> you would be surprised how many 16-year-olds get poison ivy on their butts uh, and had to explain it away. But really, it was just because they, they you got go. busy at Crone. Take, taking a role in the, uh, whatever the plants he says. Oh, Cleopatra's earrings. Let's take a roll over there. Wow, okay. So that's historically accurate. I'm impressed. There Absolutely. You go. Um, so after having this really awesome day with Nikki at the uh, Crone Conservatory, <laughs> they de- they decide they're going to good go thing it wasn't the Cronenberg Conservatory. Yeah. That would have been a way different movie. But wait, he can't go on a date because he promised Wiley that Wiley could show him around downtown. So now it's a double date. So she drags along her friend, who Chumpzilla uh, mentioned earlier. And I will bring her up in the uh, quiz because her name is escaping me. But she's very famous and she's a very prolific working actress. In fact, she's in Euphoria as the drunk mom. (laughs) Um, So they go on a double date and Blaine shows up and he's I got to tell you, I understand like 
Blaine is sort of like, oh, he's the Johnny Lawrence, right? But Johnny Lawrence, you you could sort of empathize with, like, oh, I get it, I get why he's mad. Blaine's just kind of a sociopath throughout it's this entire movie. Very abusive boyfriend, right? Yeah, like Big okay, abusive boyfriend vibes. So you're mold- well, and it's the whole <laughs> snobs versus slobs thing. I mean, that's a little that's bit, the yeah. classic. It's yeah. the classic '90s teen sports comedy situation right it's like, but to t-dub's point there's there seems to be a slightly dark twist here it's it's I mean, he's like, a psychopath yeah yeah he's yeah. a he's a nut job like he is mark Wahlberg from fear like it's it's bad <laughs> he's mark Wahlberg from real life when he beat up that old asian man yeah he oh, yeah. oh no blinded him in one eye oh mark Wahlberg, kind yeah, of a piece that, of shit that guy didn't pay for his Wahlberger. Uh, <laughs> or did he? Yeah. No, oh, he, he paid for it in the long run. He did. Damn. So there's a huge kerfuffle at this uh, little diner, and then uh, Jack shows up, and he's like, "Hey, Blaine, you better get the fuck out of here, man." Blaine's like, "Fuck you, Jack." And he's like, "No, you better go, man." And so he goes, but it turns out Nikki is with Mitchell Goosen, and he. Wants to beat up Mitchell more than he wants to beat up Blaine because reasons. So then Mitchell's uh-huh. like, hey, man, you're not worth it, brah. That hurts Nikki's feelings. Nobody is. Yeah. There's some deep soul searching. He has a dream about a shark named Pepe. Talks a lot about Popeye. Yeah, and no, then, no, uh, no. I mean, I at this point in the movie, I found it very appropriate that I had lost track of the white dudes and Pepe shows up. I'm like, oh, this is this is incessant. This is it's it's to remind you that he's from mm-hmm. California and therefore yeah. comfortable with the ethnics. Yeah, as they bro. Were in 1994, but yeah. you know, I, the, this plot is tough because you know, usually these kinds of movies, our, our protagonist does something to like put himself in a bind, and it's like, oof, that was that was a rough one. And really, all he did was like, kind of get upset. And vaguely insult Ohio. And stop her. And his his new girlfriend took it really, really personally. It's he doesn't really do anything bad. The the, the plot, I, I guess it needed something, but it doesn't it doesn't move the rest of the movie forward. Yeah, because the, the mean, girlfriend like, being upset. Yeah, because she's like, oh, you prevented my potential sexual assault, perhaps in poor taste. Now he kind of does pussy out. Wiley's the guy who steps up. Yeah, Which again, like, maybe Mitchell's not as cool as we think he's supposed to be. Well, he's he's trying to play it cool, right? That's, yeah, that's the he's California. a pacifist, man. Yeah, he's he's trying to. Yeah, and, he you know, used he, to be a fighter, but he's, now he's well, because you know, there's one time, man. There was this guy. He came at his waves, man. You know, and then he mm. gashed that kid's head. That surfer, that was me, man. It's me. There's a lot of lessons to be learned here. This movie is very yeah. deep. Uh, so anyways, to impress Nikki, he's like, what do I got to do? I got a rollerblade, man. I got to get back out there on my skates and do something to impress her. So he scores a really rad goal and then pants his Blaine after Blaine assaults him twice, mm-hmm. which causes a whole to do. And then tells her about his dream a little bit before skating off into the sunset and voila, Augie and the other guys show up and they say, hey, I think we had you figured all wrong, man. We're sorry. We need you to race down Devil's Backbone because the preps have challenged us to this really dangerous race. And here and, we get. And somehow you're our only hope. I mean, he really kind of is like. Yeah, sure. But I mean, it, yeah. it's yeah, it's it seems a little cliche, but it works out. I mean, it's when you watch him skate in this movie, and most of the time it's this skater, Chris Edwards, who won like a million X Games medals. There's nobody on the preps team that would have any business skating with him. <laughs> any business. Details, details. Yeah. And he doesn't even fucking win. Snake no. wins. Snake. Right. But uh, the Devil's Backbone race is, is really awesome. It it holds up, like this. It's movie, a good race. It doesn't hold up all that well, but it's very well filmed. It's practical. These dudes are just going down a friggin' mm-hmm. hill on rollerblades. It's pretty cool. 
one of the reasons why this movie was so popular when I was a kid uh, in my circle was because of the fact that it was filmed in Cincinnati, right? Like if you've, if you asked somebody from Anderson Township in 1995, if, if Airborne was a massive hit, we would all be like, yeah, it's the biggest movie in the world. Like everybody Ever. has seen it, right? Like we all owned it. And hold on, let's be clear, as we've indicated, this Devil's Backbone section is, in fact, not filmed anywhere else but in Cincinnati. Well, in several places around Cincinnati. Yeah, but, and but, a little bit not, in Newport, but, Kentucky. Well, I gave well, the Thunderous Wizard a tour. Uh, you know what? The Cincinnati International Airport is in Kentucky, so let's not... Let's not draw. But yes, this movie is. But, no, I'm not saying this was not shot in San Francisco. They didn't Correct. get film from California and bring it and say, oh, it, no, th they shot this portion legit in the Cincinnati. Well, I mean, they shot everything area. in Cincinnati. This um, movie is a love letter to Cincinnati, which is why is, on its of. 20th anniversary, local papers wrote about it because people that live there still celebrate it because this is it's a Cincinnati movie. We, we love it, and I mean, watching it again was just bringing me back, you know, like all those, like seeing the old riverfront and the way it was all set up back then. I mean, half that stuff isn't even there anymore. Seeing the very bridges, nostalgic seeing the bridges was nice, yeah, especially in the opening. Uh, but, but I'll be honest, like, as far as Cincinnati movies go, uh, this one's not near and dear to my heart, but Dr. Bling, uh, would you give this the nod over Rain Man? I think just for the sheer number of landmarks that you actually see, see um, particularly see in that in that racing. Yeah, okay. Because for me, Rain like, Man's a road trip movie. Yeah, they but stop but in you, Cincinnati. But you get the Chiquita building. You do get the some of the riverfront shots. Like you do, we love it. And it's Tom Cruise and and and, and you know Dustin. It's Hoffman. certainly a better film. It's I mean, not. Yeah. That. I don't think there's any <laughs> argument that Rain Man is worse than Airborne because it most certainly is. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, it's not. It's better. <laughs> Jesus. But no, I'm just saying, for me, that was always this, that was the, the Cincinnati for, movie for me growing up was, was Rain Man. Was, you know, sure. Show. Oh, that's so desperate, though. It's like, hey, I remember know. that movie where they casually stopped in Cincinnati? <laughs> that's my uh, favorite hey, Cincinnati hey, movie. Uh, wham! 97X, the future of rock and roll. Come on. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's, that was the Oxford college rock station 97x so i've got the, the t-shirt uh mitchell saves the day he he helps jack after blaine he causes blaine to fall over the bridge they win the race together everybody's happy even wiley has a girlfriend and that's the movie and i love this movie and that's why i would give it three enjoyment beers or four yeah. enjoyment beers i have no issues with this movie i've seen this movie so many times I warts and all don't give a shit for enjoyment beers. Chumpsilla. This might actually be the reason the Thunderous Wizard attended college in Ohio. I mean, there's a good chance. Yeah. He, he Subconsciously. Probably, probably couldn't get into UC. So he had to settle for Miami, but that was close Let's, enough. Can we not slander Miami like that? <laughs> I'm oh, just I'm, saying. I would love to slander Miami a little bit. Can we do that? Is that on the table tonight? Uh, no, Dr. Bling, I believe you are uh, removed from this conversation because you went to some other bizarre <clears throat> substandard university. We're not going to talk about that. We can't prove uh, it because yeah. I use my diploma for rolling papers. Well, that's <laughs> actually, that, that, that sounds about right. But no, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, this is actually a very lighthearted, somewhat fun oddball 90s genre flick like that the teen i'm not even sure how it's not really a coming of age it's not really a pure snobs versus slobs it, it's just a weird it's it's like I said, it's kind of that in-between movie uh it's not quite american pie but it's not quite you know something more artsy but yeah i mean it's it's an enjoyable flick and you get good performances out of the lead who went on to do nothing and seth green and jack black as as a villain so i mean I, i'm with you I'll, I'll give it two and a half enjoyment beers that's the okay. best i can do. there you go bling blake yeah i mean it's a fun movie it's not that long it's not like it's a painful thing to get through not uh, heavy. no I, i'm i mean i think you're just enjoying yourself at a leisurely pace having three beers uh 
I wouldn't really call them pain. It's fun to see some old faces. Obviously, for me, there's a lot of nostalgia with it. So uh, that makes it go down easier. Yeah, I think I'm just three fun, enjoyment, easy drinking beers and having a good time. All right, rock and roll. So we're going to take our first break. Uh, And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about Airborne. Hello and welcome back to our 188th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking 1993's Airborne, and we are on to some lingering questions about the film. The first being, better early career effort from Jack Black, this or Mars Attacks, Bling Blake. Very easily, uh, this, Airborne, for sure. He has a much better character. We get a lot more of like the future Jack Black. Um, he has some manic moments. It's by far, it's, it's certainly a lot more telling of the career he has to come than than what he does in Mars Attacks. I agree. Anybody could have played that character in Mars Attacks. Whereas this, like, he's pretty deadpan. He's pretty funny. He gets a motive, does some physical stuff, and it's all good. I'm going to disagree. I think that his performance in Airborne was probably a better audition tape. But I enjoyed his dumb character in Mars Attacks more. Like I just, I just felt like he was like all in on that, and it, it, it was, it was stupid and fun. But that is not to discount the talent that he shows in this movie. You clearly see that that guy's got it, and in, in, in both of them, but especially in Airborne. And you know, Mars Attacks was probably a little bit more of a stretch. You know, I feel like the, like what we saw uh, here was was not a stretch, but I just like what we saw here is a lot more of Jack Black. Oh yeah, right? like it's like I him like being he, Jack Black as opposed like to he had to be somebody else in Mars Attacks. He had to actually a hundred and ten percent in this movie. They're like, hey, hey, buddy, just do your thing. In Mars Attacks, you know, he, he had Tim Burton saying like, I need you to be an asshole. <laughs> you know, yeah, he had, he had to be a different character. But than I, I was impressed with that because I feel like he stretched himself in Mars Attacks. But they're both good. Like, it's just funny to see him as not just himself, right? It's funny to see, I will admit, it is very entertaining to see Jack Black trying to act as not Jack Black. <laughs> He's like, I've yeah. got to slightly yeah. be somebody else. When he wants to do other characters, he's he's really very good. Um I'm going to come back to this in my recommendation later. Uh, it actually happens to be a, a Jack Black recommendation, but yeah, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, I, I love him when he's being him, but but it's funny when he gets. You're right. It's it's great when he gets to do something else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I, I think he's better in this because I think he's given more right to do. I think Mars Attacks. It's like, hey, I, I appreciate what he's doing, and uh, sure. it's like, hey, rib on ridiculous, like you know, pro war gun culture and then turns out he's totally ill-prepared to do anything. And and that's funny. Like he's this guy who spends his entire life putting together and, and taking apart a rifle. And then the time comes and he gets, you know, his pants are down, whatever. You know what? I bet he'd be an awesome cop in Texas. Oh, I'm sure he would assault many, many people. Uh, So number two, and one of the reasons I really love this movie is because I've seen it so many times. (laughs) that some of the actors in it I only see as these characters. For example, Jack, right? Jack, the uh, jealous brother. I can't see him as anyone else. I know he's in the next Karate Kid. He's been a working actor to the present. Like he was on some Amazon show, I think called Patriot or something. But I cannot see him as anything but Jack. The moment I see him, I go, oh, it's Jack from Airborne. The same goes for Mitchell, though, you know, admittedly, as we said, his roles aren't all that expansive. Is there a movie like that for you? Is there an actor like that for you? Because even Mr. Dewey, who's in this movie, right, as Uncle Lewis, I can't see him as anything else but the math teacher from Saved by the Bell. So is there an actor like that for you? Because Jack, that's it. Jack is Jack. Oh, you're going to have to help me out with this one, T-Dubs. Uh, the principal Rooney from Ferris oh, Bueller's. Yeah, Day Mr. Rooney. Yeah, because um, we, we we did him on the pod. Jeff, was, Jeffrey. Je- yeah, it's not it was, Diamond. I think it was one of my campers. No, yeah, no <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's I think that's one of your. 
he, he uh, oof, yeesh. Uh, no, but he, we, 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 he was on the pod. He was in uh, Howard the Duck. Yes. Like, and, that uh, guy, even though I know he's a convicted sex criminal or whatever, but he is always the principal. Jeffrey from, Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. Always the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No matter where I As see that guy. Rooney, which which is what I... Principal Rooney. Which yeah. is what I quoted when I talked about Edie McClung, who's his secretary in Ferris Bueller's. Secretary, yeah. Shouldn't be throwing anybody with your bad knee. Yeah, um, no. Every time I see that guy, that's the one role... See, that's a good one. That is a good one because I've seen him in a million things. Mom and Dad Save the World. Uh, he was in Deadwood, whatever, but he is Mr. That, ep- that, that episode of The Catch a Predator. Yep. Yep. He's always the guy him. from Howard the Duck for me. And every That's time I, I first. every <laughs> time I see him, I think about Cameron going, Rooney, listen to me, you asshole. <laughs> Rooney. <laughs> and that and that that guy's gone on to be an actor too, because he was like 35 when he did and again, that like movie. Alan Ruck. Same deal. I associate him as Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, even though he's been in a million things. I mean, he's on the friggin' bus. He's in the friggin' bus in speed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I can't go. I can't go to the airport without saying we're going to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's seen the airport. He's he's on uh, uh, Succession. Yeah, he's great on Succession. So, all right. Blink, blink. Who do you got? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily just one actor, but the movie for me is Princess Bride. Every single uh, person on Princess in Princess Bride is always going to be their characters for me. Okay, so here's the most fucked up thing in the world. Um, I was watching a Sesame Street movie with, with my daughter many, many years ago when she was in her Elmo phase. And it was like, Elmo goes to Grouchland. And the bad guy in that movie, there's a it's a live action movie because it's Muppets, and there's a bad guy in it. And I'm like, I watched this movie like three, four, five times with her, and I'm like, why is that guy so familiar? What's what's uh, the dude's name? Uh, you know, happening, uh, happening, no, no uh, 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 you, you killed my father, and I'm going to... Oh, Inigo Montoya, yeah, it's Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. Ma- Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Mandy Patinkin's the bad guy, and Elma goes to Grouchland. He plays a CIA agent in Homeland. Like, I, it's I still, know. like... It just, it just blew my and mind. Like, other things. the same guy. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it just, that, I, I, this cracked me up. I'm like, because I watched that movie so many times, and, like, progressively, I was growing more and more insane. Apparently, like, huge asshole, Mandy Patinkin. Really? What? Yeah, like that's why oh. he got kicked off Criminal Minds. Yeah, oh, amongst other I things. Thought, thought everybody yeah. liked him. I thought he was, was super nice difficult dude. to work with for years. He's super, yeah. fu- he, he's super funny in the Elmo movie. Well, good that for him. I heart. thought you were going to say Wallace Shawn was the bad guy in the Elmo movie because you know what I remember him from is uh, House Arrest because I saw House- that movie <laughs> so oh, many times, yeah. and he was one of the dads in House Arrest. Yeah, uh, he's on Young Sheldon, and yeah. I love him. So yeah. number three is the most important question because this movie is very, you know, it's centered around this huge race down devil's backbone. So mm. Jumpzilla, I, I would say your odds are probably going to be close to zero, but I'll ask anyways, okay. what are your odds of making it down devil's backbone? Oh, it was zip, zilch, and none. <laughs> I, I have terrible balance. I am no good on a surfboard, skateboard, or rollerblades. I just, yeah, I'm going to be road rash to hell or just in a crumpled heap at the bottom of the hill. I'm not making it. Okay. Uh, Bling Blake, I think your odds are a little bit better. I mean, off the couch, I'm probably going the the Wiley Man route and hitching a ride in a van and meeting you guys at the bottom. But given some time to like get back <laughs> on my, get back on my skates, get back to it. Obviously, I know the terrain like the back of my hand. Uh, I mean, I could I could do Devil's Backbone backwards, blindfolded. I know the way. Um, mm. All right, no. see, liquid I, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm winning the race. All I gotta say is, you know, Doctor Boing just has to grease those wheels up with some Cincinnati chili. He's good to go. Oh, jeez, you'd be flying, flying. Uh, here's what I will tell you: hands free. I'm I'm still good on my skates. I give myself an 85% chance getting down there pretty unscathed. Will I win? No way. If I've got a beer in my hand, 
that drops to 40% because <laughs> recently when I've been casually skating around the neighborhood, you can't make it around the cul-de-sac. I can't, I can't get around if I'm, if I'm repping a beer in the hand. It doesn't go you well. have trouble navigating without yeah. being on skates with a beer in your hand recently. Yeah. So, you know, shit happens. But would I fall off like a, like a like a six foot drop? No. Yeah, I but think I, I, I at least know when to wipe out. Uh, I think I could be okay there. And man, they really uh, I forgot how much they rely on the knee pad slide uh, in so oh, yeah. much. In, in oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they've got those gloves on. I'm like, oh yeah, you're headed for it now. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie's so fucking extreme. <laughs> I think, you know, I have a better chance of completing Devil's Backbone than I do the longboard scene from Secret Life of Walter Mitty. For that, I'm getting a speed wobble and dying on the side oh of a volcano God. in Iceland. We got a Walter <laughs> Mitty reference. <laughs> is, that, is that the uh, the Ben Stiller version? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Sean Penn appears in that movie. Yeah. Oh, God. It's... The movie gets hated on a lot. I actually, I, I like it. Oh god! A lot of oh, it's do. it's coming to the pod. Walter yes. Mitty. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, Hops no. and this should have been better. Flops. <laughs> Secret <laughs> Life of Walter Mitty. Hops and I can't believe Blake likes flops. all of these. Hops and passion, misguided passion project flops. <laughs> all right. Last question. In a movie loaded with cheesy '90s shit. What scene is the most 90s? I think there's probably like a concrete answer, but mm-hmm. I have I, I'm gonna deviate from that. So we'll start with you, Chumpzilla. I you know, this might be a slight underdog, but I think it's that diner showdown because it's oh, very okay, it's very 80s cliche to have like the slobs versus snobs showdown and have that conversation. But so much of the references and the way they talk, it's so 90s. It's like they they clearly like wanted to punch that up to make it topical and cool. And I'm like, wow, it doesn't work. It just feels super lame. But it was also extremely 90s. True. It, Very true. It, that definitely made my list. So I, I'm happy to hear you oh, say that. I, okay, okay, cool. Oh, cool. good. Blink Blake. What else what else do you have? Uh so I, I right away knew the setting of my favorite 90s scene, and that was Wiley's room. And then I was torn between when he first gets there and he's like showing it off with like the lights and he like pulls out like, I like girls and shows up the poster. But it's <laughs> it's it's the fashion show where where Seth Green keeps coming out with like crazy 90s outfits and all the different like wild, goofy ass trends of the early 90s. Um, I thought that was funny it went on it was felt like a family guy joke for a little bit because it kept it it went on for like an extra two minutes longer never, than i thought it stopped. should have yep. it just kept going <laughs> and, and then yep. just like like suddenly i was like wait and also seth green writes on family guy like oh my god this is all happening in my head it, it all comes together right yeah so i i like that one yeah i think it's the fashion show all right here's the dark horse well i all would right. say it's the botanical garden but it's actually the, the whatever observatory <laughs> That, conservatory that scene is so fucking cheesy it, it's so 90s but it's actually blaine's rollerblades blaine is in this competitive street race in the like stereotypical 90s snap rollerblades he does he has the the, the ski boot binding yes. uh attachment <laughs> point like not laces at all yep uh i knew that when i was playing street hockey uh, that if you saw a kid show up with the clip bindings, you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna wreck oh, this fool today. I'm just gonna today. kill that guy. Oh, it, he's so done. It totally ruins Blaine's credibility. It's, it was like I thought it was funny because I think I, I skated a lot more aggressively later, and rollerblading went up and down real fast, right? In terms of popularity, uh, but I thought it was funny that in this movie, the, the boom out the back of the skate with the rubber brake on it was very prevalent they they heavily used the rubber the oh, rubber yeah. stopper brake yeah whereas again like by the time i was really skating a lot like if you had a stopper on your skates it was like kook yeah done. look at that poser but yeah. blame yeah, you guys blame do with know what snaps. the worst part about rollerblading is right don't oh do no don't do busting it. up your shins <laughs> yeah, that, <doesn't laughs> yeah. that, hurts, that hurts like a <laughs> son of a bitch 
Oh, you can the Indo Family Guy reference. I mean, it's just yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's tough. I mean, your shins get beat up. There's no way around it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I appreciate all those answers. I think they're all great. Uh, obviously, this entire movie is very '90s. Uh, the house that Wiley's parents live in, very '90s. Actually, fun fact: that's Joe Burrow's house right now. The city of Cincinnati gifted it to him. I mean, if if you were the city of Cincinnati, wouldn't you just gift him every piece of airborne memorabilia you could? And well, most of the state of Kentucky, yes. And you could yes. definitely give him that that property, you know, the hole where the sausage factory used to be. Well, here's a good question. What's worth more, airborne memorabilia or the state of Kentucky? Because I would argue it's the airborne memorabilia. <laughs> It's it's pretty much a toss up, you know. Outside of bourbon, what is Kentucky producing that outproduces airborne memorabilia? Oh, come on. Really Mitch beautiful McConnell skyline shots of man. Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> the airport. Cincinnati has the, or excuse me, Kentucky has the airport. Hey, if you're from they, Kentucky, <laughs> I'd apologize, but I won't because you keep electing Ron Paul. Uh, so, uh, so. All jokes, all jokes aside, hold on here. And I have to say this on my behalf and that of Dr. Blings here. I will say this, uh, Covington, Kentucky, which is like the other side of the Ohio river from Cincinnati is quite nice. Covington is quite nice. It I is. Can, uh, I cannot, okay. I yeah. can't it, dog Covington, Kentucky. In, in 1994, it was not as nice. Uh, but Covington and Newport have done. Uh, really good job in the last uh, couple decades. Honestly, we're just that's where kidding. There's a lot of nice Kentucky, to Kentucky Tourism Kentucky. Board, who I'm sure yeah. definitely subscribes yes. to this podcast. Listen, absolutely. <laughs> if you plan on sponsoring us, Kentucky Tourism Board, which now I I, I admit is it's a rough sell. Uh, yeah, it's all in good fun. Well, and let's just be very clear. <laughs> Slack jawed yokels. <laughs> so. That leads us into our second break. We're going to hear from our Wobam Entertainment brethren over the Double Turn podcast. And when we come back, we've got the Devil's Backbone Trivia Challenge. Hey, everyone, it's the J-Man, and I'm the host of the Double Turn podcast. Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Turn Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at wabamentertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to the 188th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking 1993's Airborne, and we are on to the Devil's Backbone Trivia Challenge. Tonight, we've got a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. And you'll be playing for Uncle Lewis's Zamboni. Your chime-ins tonight will be Chill Bra, Hockey Nintendo, or Wannabe Bullwinkle, or any of the pod stalwarts. Did you Good just luck, call gentlemen. me underwear? Come on, Wiley, you hockey man, you hockey warrior. Yeah. Just... He just called me, he just called you underwear. He did it again, bra. Oh, Jack Black. It's good. So, number one. The drummer for this 70s, 80s band composed the music for the film, meaning the score, right? Was it A, Stort Copeland of The Police? Was it B, Levon Helm of The Band? Was it C, Chad Smith of The Red Hot Chili Peppers? Or was it D, Johnny Vatos Hernandez of Oingo Boingo? Chill, brah. Bling, bling. I'm going to go with that Red Hot Chili Peppers guy because I hate that band. It is not Chad Smith. Oh, I figured we'd be getting a a, 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 a California thing, you know. Yeah, it's it's not fake. Uh, it's not Will fake. Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Nope. Wow. Um. Well, rest in peace, Leon Helm. Okay. He, he passed away a, a yep. couple years back. Uh huh. And my my mom called me in tears. Um. Big big band fan. Uh. I'm gonna go with Oingo Boingo. Is it D? 
It is not D. Johnny Vatos Hernandez. It was Stort Copeland of the police. Wow. Yes. I, always the sting affiliation. Wow. I'm. You ever wonder why <sighs> Devil's Backbone, the race, is so fucking tense? Because we don't want you to stand so close to me? Exactly. I don't want you to skate so close to me. <laughs> don't skate so close to me. Mitchell Goosen. You need to use your brake now. See? Everything everything goes to a police song. That one didn't go as well, but I think it worked. So weird zeros. Number two, though the race was shot in multiple locations, Devil's Backbone is a very real and very winding road in this Hamilton County township. Mm. Is it A, Coleraine Township? Is it B, Crosby Township, which was probably prematurely named after Sidney Crosby, the greatest hockey player of all time? Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> C, Green Township, or D, Harrison Township? Oh, Farts and Tarts. Chumpzilla. That, that is Coleraine Township. It is not Coleraine Township. Fuck! Sorry, sorry to many of our friends from Coleraine High School. Yes, of which we have a few. I am I am not sorry to any of your friends from Coleraine High School. Coleraine High School and your friends beat me twice in the state playoffs. So oh shit, screw those guys. Bitter feelings. They, they were sounds pretty like, good. Uh, they were sounds pretty good like uh, Blink Blake is actually Blaine Blake. <laughs> Sour grapes, man. East Side. We were the, all right. So we were the snobs. Your remaining wanna... choices: Crosby, Green, or Harrison. Chill, bro. I'm gonna take Harrison Township. It was Green Town. Green Town. Oh, Green no. Township. Yep. I know it. All right. We're still at zeros. You guys are flunking this very Ohio movie quiz. I feel terrible so far. And by the way, both in this uh, local uh, website, Cincinnati news organization, like, hey, look, looking back at Airborne 20 years later. It's like holy shit! Like that's where I got most of my trivia is from this random Cincinnati news station. <laughs> All right, was number it, three was it WKRP? It might Cincinnati. Mitchell Goosen's career sort of wiped out, but several of the actors in this film have had lengthy and successful careers. Which of these has the most IMDb acting credits to their name? Is it A, Alana Yubak, who played Gloria, or Wiley's Date? So that's the girl from Waiting. Is it B, Jack Black, who played Augie? Is it C, Jacob Vargas, who played Snake? Or is it D, Seth Green, who played Wiley? Farts and tarts. Uh, it's going to be Seth Green. You are correct. It is Seth Green. Beat I me won't to tell it. you I how many yet. Because we have be a, a lot of writing credits, man. Bonus question. Tons of stuff. These yeah. are just acting credits. Oh, just acting? Yeah. Really? So, bonus. Closest number to Seth Green's total acting credits gets an additional point. How many total acting credits? I guess I should probably go first since you got the question right. I mean... I, no, you don't have to do that for him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to... It's a lot. I'll just say that. Yeah, but like... James Hong a lot, or yes, James Hong a lot. All right, then I'm going to go with a hundred and four. Okay, Chumpsilla. Uh, I'm going to say 132. Okay, so you win because it was 208. Wow! Oh my god! Alana Yubak had 162. Jack Black has 180. Wow! Jacob Vargas has 133. I figured he had a lot as well. I mean, is is Seth and I guess are all of them? Is there a lot of voice acting in it? A lot of voice acting. Seth has uh, yes. a lot of for voice Jack acting, Black obviously, and, voice, and Seth Green. Is, is, yeah. is that because you know he's done a lot for uh, the Family Guy stuff with Seth MacFarlane and Robot Chicken? Mm -hmm. So, two hundred eight, which is pretty wow. impressive for him. Uh, but Jacob Vargas, hell, one thirty three. You know, it was funny when he shows up, and you know. I was like, at first I was remembering thinking he was like a, just a throwaway actor and then realized very quickly, I was like, oh no, I've seen this guy in a ton of stuff yeah. before. Next Friday. No yeah. more locked doors. But I remember him, obviously, from this. That's my that's my thing. So it is a two nothing chumps ill with two questions to go. Number four, as mentioned, Rob Bowman has helmed a lot of TV. For some shows, he directed multiple episodes. 
Which of these series did he work for the most? Is it A, Castle? Is it B, The X-Files? Is it C, Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Or is it D, Star Trek, The Next Generation? Oh, tarts and farts. Chumzilla. It's The X-Files. It is. He did 34 episodes of The X-Files. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, he directed my recommendation tonight. He also did the X-Files movie. Favorite episodes. Yes, he did the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I was Uh, really hoping that one of the choices and the answer was going to be MacGyver because... Because he did, did MacGyver. Obviously, yeah. went to Ohio University. Yeah. So ah. he did 29 episodes of Castle, 34 Ooh. of The X-Files, which I just said, 12 of Parker Lewis Can't Lose, but that show was on for two seasons, and 12 of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I only threw in there because I thought Captain Cash would join us, but he's a hard And he would totally guess that. Yeah. He crashed and burned on the devil's backbone. Oh, Captain Cash, I'd also give him a 0% chance of making Down Devil's Backbone. <laughs> Not a skater. No. So, uh, uh, technically you win, Chumpsilla. You're up 3 nothing. There's only one question left, but we'll ask yes. it anyways. because just, just playing not to get skunked here. Uh, Electra, despite being an unwatchable slog of a film, has a better mm-hmm. meta score than Airborne. Unfair. How, <laughs> no. many point, how many points higher is its score? Is it A, five points? Is it B, six points? Is it C, seven points? Or is it D, eight points? I don't give two testicles. <laughs> that's a six, six points. That's correct. Yes! It's a, thir- yeah! it's a 34 to this movie's 28. The oh my gosh. I'm going to call the police when I run around the house naked in a minute. And I'm sorry, <laughs> this movie is a lot better than Electra. It is a lot better than Electra. It, it's... It's more charming for sure. It's yes. a lot more sensical. So Chubsilla, you ran away with that. So you Just, get Uncle yeah. Lewis's uh, Zamboni. Well learned. Wow. Yeah. I think I, I still had Hank Azaria's Zamboni on my uh, yeah. on my to be shipped docket. So we we should definitely yeah. race those. Absolutely. Oh, mm. that's a, yeah. That's a that's a down the devil's backbone. Hell for yeah. our first video episode. Yeah. Lubricate those zambonis up with some uh, two local drunks drive. (laughs) Two (laughs) local drunks died driving zambonis down the devil's backbone in Green Township. Hell yeah! There's worse ways to go out, man. There's worse ways to go out. All I gotta say, man. Conservatory. Hey, hey, let's not let's not get too high and mighty here, folks. I'm just saying, if you don't spend the night in the Butler County Jail, have you really ever lived? I mean, I will, uh, I will raise you, that, are you, are raise you, uh, you Butler County and give you are Athens you County and Nelsonville. <laughs> I, 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 I allegedly no. You know, that's a that's a better quiz question. How many nights and or how many different counties have the the hosts of Hops and Box Office Flop spent nights in jail? No, no comment. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are on to recommendation. Uh, Chumpsilla, what do you have on tap for us this week? I'm guessing it's on Tubi. <laughs> I I don't think it is. I think it's just on Amazon Prime. But no, the director of this movie, Airborne, also directed my all-time favorite episode of The X-Files, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Um, it's, a, it's a Monster of the Week episode. So it's not like attached to the. Oh wait, wait. Well, you mean you mean every episode? Well, I mean, <laughs> there's some that are attached to the larger like mythos of the aliens and the black. You know, this is not one of those. It's one of the like kookier episodes. Um, it was written by Darren Morgan, who has come back to write. I think several of the episodes of the the most recent season, quote unquote, of the X Files. But it is it's good television. It's very funny. And it's got a lot of like funny references. It definitely references uh, David Duchovny's time on Twin Peaks. Um, it references the the rumor, the myth of the Men in Black. And in this episode, the Men in Black are Jesse Ventura and uh, Alex Trebek. Oh, that's pretty. Literally, cool. literally, yeah. Alex Trebek. That sounds fantastic. Cameo. It's it's fucking hilarious. I have to admit, like, it's peak 90s TV, but it is very funny, 
And yeah, if you get the jokes, it's top-notch television. So check it out. I think it's still free on Prime. You can get all the episodes of The X-Files. Uh, but anyway, so it's uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Uh, it's season three, episode 20 from April of 1996, directed by no other than Rob Bowman. Okay. Uh, that's actually really good. Uh, bling bling. Uh, I went with a Jack Black recommendation. And uh, since we definitely need to get that Tubi money and Chumpzilla is just All not coming it. through this Damn. week. Thanks yeah. for nothing. The, the one time. Fuck. I'm going to recommend uh, a Jack Black film from 2011 where he is not, air quotes, Jack Black, uh, called Bernie. Uh, oh, that's a, a great movie. True crime movie. Uh, Shirley MacLaine, Jack Black, Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Um, it's... It's like one of those like uh, there's cutaway uh, like documentary style bits in it. But Jack Black plays Bernie T.D., uh, who is a convicted murderer in Texas. Um, and it's just a it's a great, great, great movie. Uh, I believe it is free on Tubi right now, as well as Peacock and probably something else. But yeah, if you ever get a chance, uh, Bernie, it might be pod eligible. It's close. I don't think it did super well. Um, but it was a low budget uh film and just it's just really good. True story when they were on Hot Ones, Tenacious D, Kyle Gass said that that was his favorite Jack Black performance was Bernie. I mean, he's he's phenomenal, yeah. Um, he a, absolutely steals the show. Movie. Oh, and wait, he, he disappears wait. into the character, it's just it's fantastic. Oh, wait, you mean Tenacious D, the band from Biodome, exactly? Yeah, awesome. the best movie ever made. Yeah. yeah, right. Biodome. Yeah, I mean, you know why Rose Biodome McGowan, is, uh, Kylie Minogue. You know, why it's still good. Joy Lauren Adams, William Atherton, the greatest dick of the eighties slash nineties. He's so fantastic. <laughs> no, I am God. So I have a series of recommendations. Oh, First wow. being Gl- Gleaming the Cube, starring Christian Slater, which is a skateboarding movie uh, that features a host of the Bones Brigade. Um, and Stacy Peralta even served as the second unit director to capture all the skateboarding scenes. It's free on Amazon Prime. For a long time, it was out of print. Uh, all the skateboarding shit is really secondary to the actual plot, which is that a high school kid is investigating the mysterious suicide of his adopted brother. Spoiler, his brother did not commit suicide. Uh, I love what? this movie. It's super dated. Money Hawks in it, man. It's great. Yeah, but who cares? It's it's so much fun. And then I watched a, I watched a couple of TV shows that I really liked. One, and How Captain Cash me. comes it's on this ghost, pod. It's ghosts, right? It's ghosts. It's got to be ghosts. Captain Cash comes on this pod all the time and only recommends terrible shit or shit that everybody watches. And then it turns out he also watched this show, which is Fleischman is in Trouble, which is on Hulu. And it's a really good adult drama about the difficulties of navigating life post-divorce and having children i thought it was phenomenally acted i loved it so watch fleischman is trouble but also watch shrinking on apple tv plus with jason siegel and harrison ford i love harrison ford he's one of my all-timers he's so good in it essentially playing a version of himself which is an old cantankerous guy being awesome but it's very funny and it's a lot more lighthearted than Fleischman is in trouble which is funny at times but much more marriage story than than funny but they're both well worth your time so you're saying it's like hot and sexy like like uh Kylo Ren and Scarlett Johansson no yeah Uh, yeah I'm just saying we have to have a serious conversation with Captain Cash about his recommendations because when i found out he watched fleischman and yet he only he recommended the last of us twice in three weeks it's oh, like no. dude what the fuck what the fuck dude. uh hey let's, jumping on that that let, harrison let, ford bandwagon of shows that everybody watches uh if you guys haven't checked out 1923 yet uh yes, if you like yeah. the yellowstone uh series of shows uh 
Harrison does a good job there too. And he's he's great hey, there too. Hey, Dr. Blaine, can I interest you in a reverse mortgage? Absolutely. I'm those are always a good deal. As you sound like my key demographic here. Go what ghosts in Yellowstone? <laughs> old, old people. <laughs> yep. Old people. Yeah, you're fucked. Chumpsville <laughs> is definitely gonna rob you. Um, so, anyways. You could also read uh, Press Reset, which is about just the grind of working in the video game industry, or play Dead Space, which HBO Max, if you're listening, which I know you are, adapt Dead Space. Buy it. Buy it up. Give it the money that you gave The Last of Us. Do that shit. Rock and roll. Uh, remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterKOK. Captain Cash can be found when he's not... Uh, randomly recommending the same shit he always recommends at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. McCheese, who still dead, can be, can be found at, at HBO for McCheese. Just send along your condolences on Twitter. And Bling Blake can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. And don't forget to check out Wabam Entertainment at wabamentertainment.com or at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. Popeye. Now there was a great man. Do you know why? Because his motto was, I am what I am. Do you think Popeye ever worried about what he wore just so he could get olive oil on the sack? I should say not, dude. We'll see you next week for our second installment of Hops and Extreme Flops, 2002's Rollerball. Yes, the bad one. I'll disappear your whole family. Is that part of Rollerball? Yeah. yeah. I think that pretty boy Maharishi over here is going to be mixing a little Drano with his fruit punch. <laughs> yes. <laughs>